Hello, welcome back to a new episode of For the Love of Weather podcast, where we discuss all things weather and how they can impact our daily lives. We hope, like always, you leave this episode loving the weather just that little bit more. My name is Gemma. Hello, and my name is Ashling, and I'm always just very excited to introduce our guest. I always feel lucky because Gemma lets me do that part. You're the best, Gemma. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but we are speaking to the absolutely gorgeous Abby Dewhurst today, who is from BBC Look North, extravaganza, incredible social media girl, incredible weather girl, incredible, absolutely everything. So incredibly talented. You can follow her on Twitter at Abby Dew or on Instagram at Abby Dewhurst One and also on TikTok at the same address. Abby, welcome to the podcast. My goodness me, I would quite like that written on my headstone one day, if that's all right. That's <laughs> <Thank laughs> those great introductions. Yeah. <laughs> I, Thank I you do. so much for having me. Oh, pleasure. I love introducing people. It's so exciting because it's like, here's another weather person to talk <laughs> nonsense with us. Yay. Yay. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys, so, for having me. First of all, let's just say, I have to ask everybody this first. When was the first time that you said to yourself, I'm going to do that job. I like the weather and I'm going to do that. And maybe you don't know how or you don't mm. know what path it's going to be. Where, where was that? Tell us about that first spark, that first bit of love. I remember getting a real routine towards like the second half of my primary school years. So probably when I was seven or eight of getting up in the morning, I used to be the first one up in my house when I was that age um, and putting on the telly and watching the weather forecast like obsessively in the morning. Um, and that that was just a big part of my day. I would have my breakfast. And what's really, really strange is that now I work with some of the people that I actually used to watch at the time. And <laughs> um, so that's amazing. And uh, you feel special every single day. But yeah, I kind of remember being at primary school and having that because it was something that was so ingrained in my routine. It was something that all of a sudden just be started to become so fascinating. You know, these people do this every single day. And, you know, the whole TV concept when you're young is, is so cool. And so how on earth are these tiny people in the screen? Because TVs back in those days were really big. And it was like, are they in there? What's going on? So it was kind of a combined fascination, really. Obsession with the weather, obsession with what was going to be going on in that day for all sorts of, you know, reasons. Um, very sporty, very outdoorsy. So it was always, you know, thinking about, logistically planning the day and packing the bag but also just you know like I said the obsession with with tv and with media and how on earth these people are doing this and you know the graphics and everything was just was just fascinating to me so I remember that being a part of my routine for years um and then a girl who I who I knew knew of I mean you know loosely it's one of those things when you live in a very small town I'm born and bred in Grimsby everybody kind of knows everybody and this girl who lived down the road from me became a weather presenter and that was huge that was a moment in my life where I was like normal people could actually do this job I just always thought that it was something that you know people had to be living in London and educated at Oxford and super intelligent which obviously we all are but I just <laughs> never had ever assumed that I might be able to get there and so seeing somebody who I've related to so much go and do the job for me was the light bulb moment of I'm gonna do this um and so it's kind of there, there on in and I don't know if I've ever told her that so um who is this it's Keely. Oh, Keely Donovan, oh, Keely, what a yeah. gorgeous Donovan, creature. gosh. I know. I know, but yeah, so I remember her getting the job when I was maybe 
15, 14, 15. And so especially like in my school years, that was quite a pinnacle point for me, you know, with a lot of people are kind of going, oh, I think I want to be a doctor and I want to do this. And my school was really academic and I kind of knew that I was a bit more creative, but I didn't have that out there. And so for me, seeing somebody go and do a job that I'd always really admired and that was so creative um, and felt like it was something that was so unattainable, but yet they were so close to home. And mm. um, that was a real, that was a real moment for me. You should tell Keely that. That's so lovely. Yeah, I, maybe I will. She's going to come back for maternity leave soon. So that I might know. be what she needs. Oh. <laughs> God, if you love Becca, she's so Yes, really. So it's really quite interesting. And actually, one of the things that I really love about your route into weather. So, you know, you can come at weather from two sides. Some people are trained in meteorology and some people, which doesn't make them a journalist. And then some people are trained in journalism, you know, but either way, it's storytelling of, you know, a different kind. So actually, you're a journalist first. And Mm. then a weather presenter came after yeah, that absolutely yeah and I think that that does surprise a lot of people they just assume that you know oh what 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 degree did you do what did you geography did you do science did you do meteorology and obviously I appreciate why there would be there would be that assumed knowledge but actually when you do sit down and explain the situation and it was something that had to be explained to me when I first started to look into the route and how some people were getting there it makes perfect sense that you need a combination of, of two in order to to you know create the perfect persona and the perfect team and you know the perfect group of people to do this job um perfectly really because you know it's such a mixture of both and we're really lucky with our team particularly at Look North because we do have pretty much a 50-50 split of of exactly that of of meteorologists who you know learned their trade and studied the weather um, and then also people that come at it with more of that journalistic media storytelling background and it just works so so well and I'm so glad it does. Yeah Yeah, because it's hard I mean like as a journalist I think the one thing that I've definitely learned since um like my work sort of transitioned towards media um because I was just doing you know very much full-on full-on weather for a bit is that actually you know when you look at these journalists and journalists like yourself you basically have to sound like you are an expert in a topic every single Mm -hmm. day so you go in the morning and somebody would say there is something in the rafters of a roof in a cathedral and by the time your report comes on and you've cut your package up, you have got to be an expert in the history of all of that, the salient points of all of that, and the take-home 10-second message of what was the point of that whole package. Exactly, yeah. And, and then do that again the next day. With something, something else. Something completely different. I know. Completely different. So it is actually quite a skill to, you know, to do that. But I guess the nice thing is then when you do start to do something more regularly, like in the weather, is that you get Mm. to talk about the same subject every day. Yeah, absolutely. And as soon as I knew that opportunities were coming up within the weather, that was that was when I really it hit home for me that I was like, I need to know my stuff here. So I did do like an open university and in just understanding, you know, meteorology, like the basics of the weather, which has been invaluable. And I'm so glad that I did that because there's, there is so much to it. And and like you say, you do need to sort of be, try and be an expert in everything. And what might be the hot topic, you, you know, we all know how changeable the weather is here in the UK. So it, it's just no good just thinking, oh, well, you know, sort of learn the basics and, and see how I go. You, you do need to still be able to explain, you know, pretty in-depth situations, particularly middle of winter, 
flooding we've got we've I've, I mean I've worked there five years and I've seen it all mm. so that little nugget of knowledge that I gained which is no way near the amount that you guys will have hence why I'm still always emailing you so I need to explain this help me um but yeah it, it has it has been something that's been really really helpful but you're not wrong you know that that is something and I don't I didn't I wasn't you know hard-hitting journalist I definitely can't claim that I was ever that and I admire those people for doing that but there were definitely times in my life where you have to appear to be a specialist in, in something and you're given a lot of really complex information at one point um I was reporting on a historic rally championship so I actually do love motorsport and I do love cars but I didn't know that much about rallying and I was covering this event for Motors TV which was early on in my career and these you know you interview these view these guys about you know their car or what's gone on and it's just information you know to anybody that does not know what is going on and you have to try and kind of make that sound like it's English and make it relatable to somebody that maybe has never heard the term chassis before um, and explain that and so there's so many similarities like you say in um, in, in being a weather presenter and doing this job to also you know being a journalist and reporting on anything from something being stuck in a church to you know motorsport you're really good at um taking the weather and finding the weather story in the weather and finding out exactly what that person needs to know and then you put it out there on twitter or whatever but you you explain it in such a way that i just think you make it so relatable to everybody and I honestly and you make it really in entertaining I think that's what's really important as well like I watch oh, your social media you. stuff like we discovered on the last podcast that I stalk people I did a bit of stalking <laughs> I watched quite a lot of your TikTok videos but yeah, they're the views so are good fine. they're so good we've actually <laughs> they're been really really good you for a while even actually since before the we came up with the well then we came up with the idea of the podcast but we've actually we're talking about you um before then we were like oh we really just have to get you on because you're stuck oh, so good actually so I good. remember your first broadcast because I was on shift that morning <laughs> and like you basically just like were a mate like you just came out and did this weather broadcast and I was like well that was perfect like I remember sending it around natural to such everybody natural. sending yeah. it around to everybody on shift that day and saying critique me tell me everything that I did wrong and yeah you were also complimentary which was amazing gosh five years ago that was um but yeah I think and I'm I genuinely think that that probably comes from I've been a weather forecaster I've been a weather presenter for five years and I've been obsessively watching the weather for for 20 years I'm 27 but I probably wasn't paying too much attention when I was two so I think that does come from me watching it and going okay dry warm might rain later do you know what I mean and taking that information and then holding on to that so much and and like planning I, I mean I am a bit of a control freak so I used to I used to just hang off it and check it all the time and I've always just been like that with with the weather so I think that that's probably where that comes from like picking out the nuggets of information that mm. I want to know you know I might have been on shift for the last six days I probably already know what the weather's gonna do but still that morning I'm like right okay what have I got planned today I want to do a food shop oh I wouldn't mind going for a run right okay and you can't help but try and relate that yeah. back into your own life I guess and try and give the people what you think they might want exactly because you do a lot of the morning shifts as well so people are getting up in the morning and they're watching you first thing in the morning and they're about to head out and they just yeah. they, a lot of people just want to know is it going to rain do i need my coat today do you need, do I need my umbrella do i need to de-ice my windscreen all these things exactly 
they just need and, and I, I think it took me a while to learn that actually because I used to come from it of, oh this is what's going on meteorologically yeah. but actually what do people actually need from the weather forecast today what do they need this is it I mean and I you know I I understand the majority obviously of, of the meteorological stuff now but there are still times when I mean don't get me wrong when I'm watching a forecast and I'm fascinated by little bits of information that maybe I didn't know or that are quite complex but you can't help but come away and go what what's the weather what's it what's it doing today like and I understand what jet streams doing what but I'm still not 100% sure what's actually happening today so I guess I guess that's maybe where that comes from. I absolutely admire the people that have the ability to pull at these little bits of knowledge that they just have stored from years and years of studying it. And, you know, I've got, I'd love to sit down and have a bottle of wine with them. But, um, but yeah, you're right. In terms of what people want first thing in the morning, I think that's something that probably like, like I said to you, from me being so obsessed with watching it for such a long time, now it's an absolute honor and something that I don't take lightly, um, the the importance of what you're doing in the morning. And also it's been really, really interesting since I've been doing this job, this huge, huge shift and this huge part of our job now, which is social media. Mm. You know, people aren't, the first thing they do isn't flick on the telly. You know, I know people that within the last year have actually got rid of TVs from rooms in their house. They don't want that. They want to be able to listen to the radio. They find that a little bit more relaxing or they will you know, have half an hour of scrolling on social media while they have their cup of tea in the morning and then they'll head off for the day. So you've got to approach it as if people are only seeing you on that now. Whereas I feel like for a long, long time, our social media was always trying to drive people back to the organic, you know, television or radio um, or print journalism. And it's not the case now. So it's, it's, it's a really fun and interesting way to, to deliver forecasts and actually a less traditional way which is hard because I've been you know for a long time all we've ever seen are these traditional weather forecasts of people stood in front of their graphics and talking you through the sequence which obviously works and it will probably forever work but I just think it's been really fun and really interesting to you know try things a little bit differently and and try and keep people's um, not entertainment but that you know that the lifespan of somebody scrolling on their phone they can have you for five seconds and so as long as they've got that nugget of information that they needed from that five seconds um or however long you know you want to do a little video for um I, yeah I just think it's going to be really interesting to see where things go in the future with weather forecasts yeah I mean I've got loads of questions to ask you about TikTok but we'll, I think we should come no. back to, to TikTok because I think it's yeah. quite important for us to go into how you actually got into weather forecasting oh, yeah. your actual route into it because it's a, a, a route that we haven't spoken about on this podcast before um, and I think it's a really important one to cover. Yeah very oh, I think everybody probably has a completely different story as to how they got not just into weather forecasting but probably into the media industry it's such a bonkers industry in that respect. And so for me, I, I, I didn't go to university. I've not got a degree in anything um, just because, like I said, I went to a very academic school. I knew that I wanted to work creatively, ideally in TV and radio, but my school just didn't know what to do with me, didn't know where to point me, where to advise me. And it was I, the year I would have gone would have been the year that the fees went up from three to nine grand a year. So it was a, it felt like a very big decision and one that I didn't want to take lightly. So I was like, let me just take a step back and see what other things there are out there. And so I actually ended up getting a job, funnily enough, working for um, a solicitor's firm as a, um, a, like a legal executive, but working in debt recovery. And I did that for a year. So, I mean, so 
how life feels so so random but actually when I look back it was a really really valuable year of my life to be 18 and seeing the amount of trouble you can get yourself into financially it was a great lesson in that respect but it did it did give me the kick up the bum that I needed to tell me you know I, I'm, I was never going to be a nine to five um pencil skirt wearing kind of person <laughs> and I that was the lesson that I needed and and my nana's always said you know don't don't ever think about you know what do I want to do what do I want to do don't put too much pressure on what you want to do even though I had this kind of idea in my head it felt quite unrealistic but yeah instead she sort of said try lots of things and if you don't enjoy them then cross it off the list that's something that I definitely don't want to do that was a really interesting year to figure that one out but it was definitely the kick up the bum like I say that I needed to go no I, I think I do know what I want to do it's just how on earth do I now get there and so I started um I approached like a community radio station and local newspapers and local production companies and yeah basically just said look I really want to learn everything that there is to know about about the media industry because how on earth could I ever imagine getting you know to these high high levels like I said to you earlier you know Keely Donovan this amazing role model of mine but she'd I didn't know what her route was I knew somehow she'd got there but I didn't know anything about the industry mm. so how on earth I thought I was all of a sudden just going to roll into a job like that I wasn't so yeah I did gosh probably two two and a half years something like that um of of getting lots and lots and lots of experience my dad sat me down when I first quit my job and said right okay like you can you can have a go at this you can you know well you can live at home still and we'll have a review in six months and see how things are going you know you're not just going to take the mic and so in six months I had just managed to get like a few my first few shifts at the BBC and so I remember that review with my dad and he sat me down I was thinking oh god please don't tell me that I'm gonna have to go back to debt collecting and he was like I can't believe you've got this shift at the BBC this is amazing and I was like I can't either I'd had so many rejections so many rejections for every job under the sun um in Good. media yeah oh I know well, you know like when you look absolutely back. absolutely and, and at the time I was devastated and the world ended every time I didn't get one of those jobs and now I count my lucky stars that that didn't happen because you know so I like I said I always had this end goal in mind but I think I needed a lot I just you just need lots of things to happen don't you for it all to work out in the end got this shift at the BBC as a broadcast assistant, which is basically somebody that manages to do everything in a radio station. It was a great learning curve. Um, and then this job came up for weather presenter at um, a different part of the BBC to what I'm in now. And I could not believe it. I was so not ready. I was so not at a point where I was, well, in my mind, even gonna be considered for that role, but I had to go for it because this was the dream. Um, and I went for it and I did the screen test and everything. I, could, I got an interview, which was amazing. And I didn't get the job, but it was the first time ever that I stood in front of a green screen and that I'd done this thing that I'd been so obsessed with. And, you know, I'd been and spent a couple of other days with the weather forecasters who were there at the time. And that was dangling the carrot. That was what I needed to be like, this is going to happen now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my I knew what my pointers were from the feedback. You know, I needed this, I needed this. So... I pushed and got a variety, you know, like I said, various presenting jobs in Motors TV and I ended up working for Sky Sport, not Sky Sport, I did do Sky Sport, but I did BBC Sport for a long time as well because I, um, I, I really do enjoy sports, but I just never ever felt that thrill like what I felt when I did that screen test. Um, 
And so for such a long time, I was on these rolling contracts of like no hours or 30 hours or it was just, yeah, it felt like a lifetime. And then would you believe it in the same week, I got offered two jobs. <laughs> One of them yeah. was the weather job at BBC Look North, which obviously I applied for and interviewed for and whatever. And then and one of them was the job at BBC Sport as well. And the weather job was a six month fixed term attachment, whereas the sport job was a job for life. Um, and it was, I mean, I want to say it was a hard decision, but it absolutely was not a hard decision. Like you've got your head and your heart, your head saying, go forever. <laughs> Think mm. of, you know, the rest of your life. And my heart was like, no, no, I know what I need to do now. And as well, God forecasting for Look North, which is, where I, you know, I'd watched these people my whole life. This is where Keely worked, who was, you know, somebody that I'd always looked up to. And I was able to forecast for my patch for Lincolnshire. And for me, that was so special. I was always so, so set on not just running down to London. I really always wanted to try and stay close to home, not necessarily Lincolnshire, but particularly, not, I just love being Northern. And it was so frustrating for me that all the opportunities seemed to be down South. And so, gosh, I, Still to this day, can't even believe that I do this job, but it was meant to be. It's meant to be. Yeah. So it was a long winding when when I'm like meeting somebody for drinks and they go, Oh, this is my friend Abby, she's the weather girl. And they go, God, how did you get into that? And I think, oh, how long have you got? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Out of interest, how many years did it take you to get from when you started doing sort of your internships and work experience and going through Mm. to getting your job? How many years was that? Um, so I, I did, I did start doing bits when I left school. I was writing for my local newspaper when I left school, but then I did the year working for it. So I was probably 17 and I was, I was 22 when I got looked north. I mean, that's bonkers. I still can't believe that. So five years, but not five full years, probably more like three and a half full years. So it felt like a lifetime, but I mean, still, I'm very it's a lot of graphs. I... It's a lot of, you put in yeah. a lot of graphs to get to where you are today. You worked hard. I mean, yeah, I didn't do the degree. I didn't, you know, I didn't do a, what a lot of people do, but I did do a lot of pushing and days when I was refreshing my emails going, oh my God, what have I done? Emailing hundreds of producers, uh, presenters and, you know, executive, anybody with with just basically desperate pleas and hearing nothing back. That was, that was weeks of feeling very demoralized and, going down to London for these interviews, God, they would cost a fortune. So I was working in a cafe at the time, basically to pay train fare to get down to London. Um, sometimes I would have to stay in a hotel because these interviews would be like huge assessment days. But Channel 4, I went for a few assessment days there. And it's like X Factor style. 11 of you begin, seven of you remain. Later in the day, they're whittled down to two. Honestly, it's like, will Abby please step forward? And you don't know whether you come so the it's the emotional I mean I did five channel four assessment days as well and god I just yeah yeah you need to you need to be you need to have a thick skin I think in this line of work particularly if you're going down that that route because it is such a fun industry and such a fun place to work and everybody knows that and so everybody wants to do it but it's it's always sort of whittling people down I think because it's not a straightforward process to get in. Well, it might be for it, someone, but it wasn't for me. <laughs> I agree with you on loads of those levels, but it does also leave you very exposed as a person as well. Mm. As you know, so and also some you know, when people are familiar seeing you and you they see a certain side of you, 
I kind of know one part of you. Have you, how have you managed your like personal life with your social media life and work? Um, that's a, yeah, that is a good question. I don't know if anybody nails this um, because how can you? Because nobody is born with the ability to deal with 10,000 people's opinions, are they really? Um, so I think one thing that I would say, not is a regret, but is something that I wish I could have told my 22 year old self when she first got the job was maybe just sat her down and explained a little bit I don't think I understood I don't think I did fully understand what I was undertaking and the um how do I put this yeah I just don't I just don't think I was prepared for it I think I I continued posting on social media when I first got the job like any 21 22 year old would I was going out you know most of my friends were at uni still so I was going to see them we were going on nights out I was going on holiday with my grandparents which I love to do they're such sweethearts and posting a lot of a lot of personal stuff and obviously no you know I didn't get 10,000 followers on Instagram overnight so it wasn't as if I was exposing myself I, I think that's probably part of it as well but you know you are still I just didn't ever have that. And I, I hope that that's something that going forward, not just the BBC, but any media organisation, because it is just this whole world and beast of its own. I hope that any particularly young, you know, young presenters, but particularly probably young females, do get sat down and just explained a little bit more. It's probably one thing that I wish I'd had from, from anyone, really. It's just that little bit of guidance. And I was kind of just left to go at it and... Naturally, I made mistakes. I mean, not huge ones. I'm not that much of a party animal, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you look back, you live and learn. And there's, there, there are definitely things that, you know, and, and you know, my mum is very precious and very, very proud and really wants me to always own myself and, and who I am and what I look like. And so she, I know that my mum would, you know, if she could hear me now go, don't be ridiculous you did everything that you should have done no like you didn't do anything wrong and, and I didn't do anything wrong but it's just hindsight isn't it I'm a little bit older now and I just think oh what would I advise my daughter to do maybe interestingly though in that short like you know in uh, when I say short space of time I mean relatively speaking yeah you know the internet so that social media all those social media platforms have exponentially changed yeah. I mean five years isn't a huge length of time sort of but in mm. social media it may as well be you know the dinosaur era or whatever like yeah. thousands of years like so much can change so even in five years like the exposure and what can happen is so different this yeah pretty much you know it's it, it was like before people had a Facebook account like yeah you know like a lot has changed since then maybe maybe that's something that you might you know champion going forward yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I hope so. And I, I think it's just probably the BBC, just, you know, and all media organisations were kind of yeah. finding their feet and going, well, well, what do we want our presenters to be? Are they okay to be doing that? Are they okay to be doing that? You know, I was told be yourself, but oh, don't be too much yourself, but oh, show what's going on, but don't show that, you know. So it was a very, it was a, it's a big grey area. And I think it potentially will always be a big grey area going forward. I'm, I'm not sure. And, you know, and I, I like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the way that I've handled things largely. And you know, I really, I'm really, I'm probably making this sound like I've been one hell of a rebel, and this is all going to come out and expose me in the Daily Mail. I really haven't. It, it literally is just, like I said, just perhaps yeah. showing a little bit too much of, of you know, of my personal life. Exactly that, and you do just have to put a little bit of more of a barrier up 
than most 22 year olds I mean you know unless you're on Love Island in which case you have far more followers than I have but yeah there's no there's no there's no um no training really involved in that or there certainly hasn't been so it would be good if going forward I think that's just something that can be particularly as these you know these platforms are only going to get bigger and there's only going to be more of them yeah I just think it's 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 not always been the easiest juggling act but it has been a very fun part of my job as well yeah and social media changes so fast anyway so it's you just have to continually learn and adapt how it changes and then you just have to adapt with it that's the only way to go about it really because you just can't be one step ahead of it and you can't keep up with it because it changes so fast and you think oh there's a new trend and there's this happening and it's like yeah I've missed that okay well I probably should sort of start adapting how I start posting on social media or what I show and can be quite exhausting as well because you know in the olden days I imagine you would leave work and you would leave work whereas now you leave work and it's on your phone and you're you know you're not always going to please everybody as well so you can be having a really lovely day you can be on a week off and you'll get a notification through and it won't be a particularly nice one um and that can ruin your whole day week month year (laughs) as stupid as it sounds Mm -hmm. So yeah, it is it is a it is a really strange one. And and as I think as as it continues to grow, we probably need to do more to to try and protect ourselves a little bit more. Particularly, yeah, particularly against like like I said to you at the very beginning, just that many opinions. Like nobody's built to deal with that many opinions, mm-hmm. are we? No, no and also no. people do hide behind their social media as well. Like it's very easy to say oh, nonsense things like, you know, I don't know you look something today mm. or whatever you know and it's just like you would not say that to my face you yeah do you know one media. thing that I really like to do though is start conversations with people I do love to reply and actually what's been lovely is that I've had people from that I feel like that messaged me on day one and said oh you're new like you're so nice to meet you tell me a little bit about yourself mm. who are still like absolutely pushing me and my biggest supporters and I talk to them every day you know being at work at 3am is very lonely so to be able to get a message from someone Abby it's so nice to see you back did you have a nice holiday who you don't know you've never met but is just championing your corner there is that side to things as well and so I think you know from me I do I try try to respond to pretty much everybody and whether it's good or bad and quite often when you do respond to the bad ones and you say I'm really sorry they feel that way or you know there's anything that I can do to whatever quite often then you'll get a response back which is very much along the lines of oh no I'm, just, I'm so sorry I didn't mean to offend you um <laughs> you know, I, you know I, they don't think you'll read it they don't think yeah. you're a person and the minute you bring a bit of humanity back they sort of retract that and they're like oh gosh I wish I'd not said that now because they wouldn't they say it there's a face. person there yeah yeah so that's interesting so of all the, you, you use all the social media platforms, but do you want to just like tell us, do you have like a favorite one or the most fun thing that you've done so far? I think, yeah, I think TikTok for me has, it's been something that I have just kind of found my feet on quite quickly. Whereas when I first joined, when I first became a weather presenter, a lot of, a lot of weather people were already on Twitter. They were very established on Twitter. They had their own thing and it's quite difficult to come into something and watch these people that you admire so much who are so great at their job and not just copy them you know because Mm -hmm. you're learning their trade ultimately but the thing with social media is everybody's so unique and so it's trying to find what makes me unique what can I do that's my little niche my little thing 
and so for for quite a long time you know I, I I obviously was unique because I was me and I would talk differently and I was very conversational and things like that but I don't feel like I really had my thing um and so TikTok has become my thing like it's something that I enjoyed I was on as just a user for a lot longer than I've been creating videos so I think that's helped because I didn't approach it from a work angle you know I wasn't like when I set my Twitter up I was like okay professional Twitter account mm-hmm. at Abby Jew, let's keep it super um you know PC and try and get me a job off the back of this um whereas with TikTok it was like oh everybody's on TikTok we're in lockdown let me get TikTok a couple of people have mentioned it to me at work you know oh you should have a look at this app and I was like oh god I can't be bothered to I spend so much time making content for Facebook and for Twitter and occasionally for Instagram and now Instagram story and now Instagram reels I can't deal with making stuff for TikTok so for me it was like just enjoy this app and it was enjoyable it was fun it was funny, it was different, it was fast paced, it was ever changing. You were getting loads of different, you know, information nuggets thrown at you every day. And and I just really enjoyed being on the app. And then the way that these little trends happen and the way that songs trend and things like that, you know, a couple of times I just had ideas to do things more along the kind of behind the scenes. Like that's one thing that's fascinating me so much about this job. And to be honest, just about working in media in general is how fascinating everything is behind the scenes. People assume that you roll up to work, you get your hair and makeup done, somebody puts your graphics together for you, somebody types you out the script and all you do is stand there and read it and then you go home. And it's, when I, I remember first seeing the, the uh, early shift for Look North and thinking, is this some sort of joke? I have never seen so much work in one day. That also starts at half past three in the morning, but I loved it. I still love it. I absolutely love that shift it's so crazy and so busy and I love showing people that side of it because they're so shocked like I was like everybody probably is when they find out about it but um it's I just find it so fascinating and 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 people seem to love that people seem to love you know that little peek through the the lens through the through the screen that that actually people haven't really done it's always been this very no no we're the BBC you know we're very official this is our gorgeous studio and then I just feel I just want to say but turn the camera around because it's chaos behind there and nobody else knows this and, and I think particularly you know I was always I did always have this opinion of the BBC that it was oh gosh very straight laced you know I had to be uh, somebody that was educated at Oxford or Cambridge and I was never going to work there and now that I do I kind of feel like I have that I have to um expose them because I was <laughs> fooled for so long into thinking that it was just this incredibly I mean it is it's an incredible organization it's an incredible place to work and I still can't believe I work there but also it doesn't know what it's doing half the time it's just bonkers and so that was really where I think where TikTok became there weren't many people on there obviously working for um, such a huge organization that's that worldwide people knew and showing them the realities of what that job was like and then that kind of then I had a few people asking me questions about the weather and the forecast and I was like god there's actually an appetite on here people are people want to learn particularly at a time when homeschooling was a thing I had comments from parents saying um I showed my eight-year-old daughter five of your weather explainer TikToks and called it a geography lesson is that okay (laughs) and I'm like yes that's amazing like what a cool thing to do with your kid who you're homeschooling, who you're at your wits end with, you don't know how to educate them. 
somebody messaging me saying, oh my God, I think I might have passed my geography GCSE because of you. I mean, yeah, it was, it's been, it's been a platform that I feel like I've been waiting for because it stuck me with the right, with, with the right audience, you know, um, age-wise, creativity-wise, also real thirst for actual education and knowledge. And I'm here for that. I think you've got a really nice balance as well because you've got some really funny TikToks on there. I liked the one the other day was tell me it's a tell me it's a bank holiday in the UK without telling me it's a bank holiday. I'll go first and you show yourself with the umbrella and I was like, that's so true. So you've got really good funny uh, no. ones. And then you've got like the educational ones as well where you give a little fact. Like I never knew that you were in a cupboard. I assumed it was like a studio, like they might have had it elsewhere. And then you show your cupboard and I'm like, oh gosh, okay. It's yeah. interesting to see what you've got available in your little yeah. cupboard and I love your little relationship that you have with your clicker the yeah. love that you have for that the clicker, clicker. <laughs> that clicker it's put me through some torment over the years I'll tell you that but it's a love-hate situation he knows I love it <laughs> <laughs> no I think you've got a really nice mix and you, you the behind the scenes stuff is is really interesting like I watch it and um I think oh, I never knew that yeah exactly and and there's still stuff that I'm like hang on a minute this room this door has this behind it let me get my phone because other people need to see this um and so I think it's that you know all I really do is I am obsessed with the weather I am obsessed with the media industry I am obsessed with all of the behind the scenes stuff and all I do is try and share that with other people who also seem to quite like it and it yeah it's been and I kind of I dabbled in like YouTube I tried to do a little kind of behind the scenes thing on there but my goodness me it was so time consuming and Mm. exhausting and and again, you, you open yourself up to a bit of hate, I think, on YouTube. It's not a particularly nice platform. Whereas TikTok does seem to be a really positive space of people just wanting, you know, you don't go on TikTok to hate on someone. There's plenty of other platforms out there for that. You go on TikTok just for a laugh and, yeah. you know, just to lose half an hour occasionally. And it, it just, I think it, and, and the, the educational push now, I think is, it's so clever what TikTok are doing because it's forcing out you know a lot of you, you I can you I find Instagram sometimes quite demoralizing and you know it's lots of gorgeous girls and and well you know pruned cats and things and gosh huge houses and all this kind of stuff whereas I just think you know TikTok's such a wonderful mashup of nonsense so how nice to be part of that and show the nonsense that goes on at work what's the um I was gonna ask you what's the best bit of advice you've ever been given never say no um there was a executive producer who she's from Grimsby and she again was like somebody who I'd heard of on the grapevine you know there's this woman who escaped she escaped Grimsby and she made it in the media industry and these people are few and far between um in in well Lincolnshire in general to be honest but particularly in Grimsby and she she was an executive producer she was an, she's just had the most incredible career came up with the idea for Saturday Night Takeaway um yeah ITV so she's worked with a psycho honestly some of the big big names and she came back to Grimsby to set up a production company to basically give people from Grimsby the opportunity to do what she's done what a woman she I owe her a lot a lot and she was just incredible incredible at giving me loads of experience loads of advice helped me more than I could ever, ever put into words. 
and once said to me, Abby, never say no to an opportunity that comes your way, because if you say no to that, there might be something better that somebody won't come back and offer you because you've said no. And also, you never know where that opportunity might lead. And there were opportunities that I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know how I feel about this, you know, it's not really what I re- want, want to do. But I just always said yes. And never regretted any one of those decisions I think you know particularly when you do have an end goal and my end goal was weather presenter which is an incredibly ambitious end goal it you know I didn't ever want to I didn't ever want to come across that I wasn't willing to graft and I wasn't willing to work and I think some people when they have such a high end goal are a little bit like it's really not what I want to be doing why should I be a runner why should I be a researcher why should I you know, be an assistant producer when I want to do this. But all of that stuff has helped me so much now in the job that I do. You know, like we were discussing at the beginning, the ability to take really complex information and make it understandable and simple. That's experience that I wouldn't have even had had I said no to some of the early opportunities. So definitely the best piece of advice I've ever been given. Would you then offer that as advice to somebody who may want to... What actually not even to what to whatever you know to mm. anyone who thinks that maybe they can't achieve something what would your advice be to them I think I genuinely believe that if you believe it will happen it will happen the only time things have ever kind of started to crumble for me is when I doubted myself um and now I look back and I admire my 19 20 year olds drive and and maybe naivety I don't know if it was naivety or if it was I don't know I don't know what it was but I was so sure that this was going to happen and that might have come across really arrogant but and and I didn't think it was going to happen soon I just thought well of course it's going to happen like I'm working towards this I want this to happen I'm doing everything I can to make it happen why wouldn't it happen and I genuinely believe that's why it happened the worst thing you can do is go this isn't going to happen. I can't do this because the minute you admit defeat, it's not going to happen. And I remember when I got this job and I ran my mum and dad and they were screaming down the phone. They could not believe it. My mum was in the bath at the time. She was like splashing water around. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. And I was on the end of the phone like, guys, I mean, I'm really chuffed, but I don't like, I knew that this was going to happen at some point. And they were like, what? We had no idea this was going to happen. I was like, but you guys always said that you believed in me. They obviously didn't. But yeah, it was, maybe it was a little bit of arrogance, but I mean, thank God for that little arrogant 19 year old, because, and I just think, why not? Why not have these huge dreams when you're young? I think there's a difference with like, you know, like, you know, I completely agree with you. If you put like this thought out there and you keep a thing that you keep like thinking about, but the difference is you just got to keep on working at it. Yeah. Like you can wish for something and not do anything about it. But if you yeah. wish for something and start doing something about it, you will get there. Yeah. And I, I agree with a... you. It's everything I've ever done has all culminated to a point And I have learned whatever it was that got me to that point, got me to that point because of mm-hmm. all the other things that I did. Yeah. Yeah. The big thing I think now, big on like online trend is manifesting stuff, isn't it? And I guess without even knowing it, I've been manifesting this whole situation pretty much my whole life. But yeah, I mean, anybody that I will offer advice to anybody, people message me on Instagram all the time. And I'm like, let's, let's have a call. Let's have a chat. This is, 
this is what I was told. This is how much help I was given. Let me try and help you and give you all these little bits of advice that were so, so useful to me. And that that is always the one piece of advice that I give. I think the difficult thing with the never say no is that naturally there were times when I had to. One in particular was I um, worked on a project with Julie Peasgood, who's a presenter, um, kind of from days gone by now, but but lovely, lovely woman and was really helpful and said, oh, this is my agent, get in touch with her. She might be, she might be able to help you. And she came back to me, um, even though I told her exactly what I wanted to do and kind of what I was doing to get there and suggested that I went on Love Island. Um, <laughs> And that great, no, thank you. I nothing against people in Love Island, but it wasn't gonna get me to where I wanted to go, was it? I mean, I admire these people so much for having that much confidence, but you know, that was one of those situations where I thought, no, that's gonna really throw me off track now. And so there's that, you know, there's that also you also get to that point where you think, gosh, that's quite a nice position to be in to know that I don't have to say yes to that now. You know, I kind of know that the experience I've got is perhaps not leading me there. So it's it, yeah early on brilliant advice but don't take it too literally or I'd be on the island. Is there something now that you're manifesting for your career that you'd like to happen in the next five years or so? Um, to be honest I've always been prior to this job on this super fast conveyor belt moving at a million miles an hour where can I go? What can I achieve? Where can I get to? What marathon can I run? <laughs> what house can I try and buy? And it's quite exhausting mm. always being that way. And as soon as I got this job, everybody was like, what's next? Where are you going to go next? Oh my God, what are you going to be doing in a few years? And actually I just sat back and was like this, I'm going to be doing this because this has been hard to get to and it's still quite hard to maintain. And every single day getting up and doing this job and you know, trying a new social media thing or trying to learn, teach myself something new about the weather and trying to have a play around with the new graphics and, you know, also trying to be a wife now. Um, you know, li- life is always going to keep moving forward, but I just don't think it needs to keep moving forward at quite that pace. I'm quite mm-hmm. happy now to just actually kind of learn the trade. And I look up to so many people who've been doing this so much longer than I have. And I think I've still got so much more to learn. And that's exciting that it doesn't need to be this huge like life change and this huge upheaval to keep me somebody that gets bored very easily this job keeps me very entertained it's an interesting point as well it just comes back to the whole if you love your job you'll love doing it every day and as long as for me as well like my for all of my work I've ever done you know I'm the same I'm like okay the point at which I start not learning something then it's time mm-hmm. to move on mm-hmm. I am still learning something every day yeah I continually learn stuff every day yeah in different ways and relearning it and unlearning and relearning it again yeah I heard that the other day on another podcast someone was like once you learn something um unlearn it relearn just continually do that and continually yeah. to progress and I was just like it's so important it really is I had a I think that's the, the beauty me. of the industry mm. it just yeah. always offers it doesn't it mm. I had a lecture just once say to me, never underestimate the joy of hearing something you already know. And he meant mm. like in a different way, looking at it in a different mm. way. And it's so true, actually, because no matter how many conversations I have about the weather, I probably know about what we're talking about, but I still am talking about it and learning about it. And it may just be in a slightly different way. It's always going to be the case, isn't it? With the weather as well. Yeah. 
yeah there's always something new that will come out in some sort of research and you'll learn about it in a completely different way I was gonna say to Abby you must love the weather because I mean you start work at 3 30 in the morning I, I honestly <laughs> don't understand how you do that I really don't <laughs> work night shifts I would say that's so much easier there's so much easier than getting up what time do you get up in the morning for your yeah like 2 50 at 2 50 in a night shift I'm uh just getting sourced doing my graphic edits and then I'll have a (laughs) cup of tea some toast prepare myself for the morning briefings I think it's a bit more relaxed (laughs) how wonderful that I get to clock off at 2 p.m and then I am reading a book by half past two sometimes sign the sunshine (laughs) so you know it has its its perks as well but yes I think you have to love what you do to 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 get up at this hour but I mean my alarm goes off and that's the worst part of my day already over and done with everything from there on in is gets better so how lucky am I and I think having grafted so so long and so hard to get here and having done that one year in the job that I really didn't enjoy is enough for me to Mm. set that alarm every single day for the rest of my life because this is it's so worth it it's so so worth it and come back to me in 10 years time when I'm 15 years into the (laughs) early and ask me the question again but no for now for now it really doesn't faze me it really doesn't Gemma should we move on to the get to know me round yes let's do it so this was a quick fire round until we couldn't well couldn't stop asking questions about the quick fire questions so Gemma has aptly renamed it get to know me right good idea yeah well me and Ash had both decided that it wasn't quick fire and then on a podcast one of our friends was like um this isn't quick fire do you know that and we were like well, we, yeah we do know that and we have been thinking we should probably rename it <laughs> but after you pointed it out we will definitely rename it <laughs> that's okay. a good idea guys <laughs> so they're a mixture of weather related ones okay and then there's some very very random ones that's important yeah, yeah. you'll you'll spot the very random ones um what's your favorite season mm, autumn ah yes why why is the autumn your favorite season oh so beautiful the colors the change the fact that most people are getting pretty fed up of the heat so being able to have an early night, put the fire on, put some woolly socks on, put a coat on, put some boots on. Oh, just, yeah, autumn is the best. Crunchy leaves that you can walk through. I know, hot chocolate. Yeah. yeah, it's the best. I think I might have been swayed back to autumn. Just yeah. <laughs> Come back to spring. Come back to spring. Spring is, I think spring and autumn, the transitional periods are the best, aren't they? Let's yeah, face I it. agree. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, autumn probably just 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 wins out. Your favourite cloud? Oh, good question. Probably now it's I'm trying like, do I want to talk about because of the weather or because of probably Mamatas. They're a good cloud. They're they're an attractive cloud. And they, you don't see them too often. Tea or coffee? Tea. Snow, yes or no? To enjoy, yes. To forecast, no. Hey. Yes. <laughs> like the standard weather answer that one is. <laughs> Everyone's like, snow. And I'm like, am I working? Am I working? Yay! Am I working? No. Yep, <laughs> I go through that as well. <laughs> Twitter or Instagram? Mm, Instagram. Okay. Why? Why? Good question. I think because 
just because it's a little bit more conversational. I love the stories. I love the fact that, you know, I can be chatting about painting and getting paint all over my outfit one day and and then in the office all glam chatting about the forecast the next. Whereas Twitter, kind of you put something out there and it stays, doesn't it? Instagram as well. That's just I'm more of a photo person as well. So Instagram, you just see all these amazing photos. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot more creative, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Jammy Dodgers or Jaffa Cakes? Jammy Dodgers. Really? And how I like to be able to dip in a tea. Ah. Mm. Mm. Can't dip a dodger. Do you like dip them around the side? Like, do you hold it and like do, you know, kind of dip, dip, dip? But like, how do you eat it? Do you eat the jam last? Yeah, I'm actually fascinated do. by this. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because I like to hang on. You see, I like, I like, I don't like a quick dip. I like it to be sucking my tea out of the biscuit like so, oh, like almost close to dropping it into the cup of tea like yeah always down. always living life on the edge yeah <laughs> the other day I had the oh I had a terrible I dropped my my digestive biscuit dropped in the tea so I fished it out really quickly and then I don't know and as I was sort of going to eat it it broke again and then fell back in the tea and I was like, oh my gosh what no. like, yeah um, I always dunk a bit too long and I haven't yeah. had my lesson yet <laughs> but it's so amazing when it works out properly though yeah. yes like, you know it's like... when you get it just right worth it yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you were a fruit or vegetable what would you be <laughs> what um I would probably be a tomato why because ah, there's such clever. a wide variety yeah. some people love are obsessed with other people really never icky you like not good so a little bit marmite a few fruit it's a fruit and a veg yeah yeah. and there you go I'm very diverse people don't really know what I am I love it (laughs) have you got a hidden talent Um, I play the drums does that count yeah Yeah. oh okay amazing yeah that (laughs) what do you what do you play along to well, when I first learned, the first song I ever learned to play when I was six was ACDC Back in Black. Yeah. So it was a lot of my dad's music early on. And then I got into like a jazz band in school. So then it was a lot of jazz. And um, we used to do like Stevie Wonder, um, the Blues Brothers and like way more like deep jazz, jazz stuff, which I, which I loved. And I kind of still love listening to jazz music a lot. But I need, yeah, I've not played properly with a proper band. And yeah. You need to get together with Owen. Yeah. Are you ju- no no I'm not a wine stunt oh I used to be a session drummer <laughs> that would put me to shame <laughs> no, I no I, I have faith in you Abby thank you but yeah Ash will come Ash will be the with her flute Ash can yeah flute. we can be a weather band there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds amazing we can get like somehow get turn umbrellas into instruments yes <laughs> good idea <laughs> A couple of more questions. If you could invite one person to dinner, it can be anybody at all. Who do you invite? Ooh, one person to dinner. And it can be any time, you know, from any time and point in history or now or whatever. Okay. Probably Princess Diana. Oh, yeah. Great choice. That's yeah. Good choice. yeah. Okay. Two more questions. This is the random one. Fingers for toes or toes for fingers? <laughs> Fingers for toes. Yeah. You should be able to cover everybody's toes. Oh, you're not a toe person. I'm not a foot person. 
I, I'm with you there, Abby. Ash I feel like is we've not had with this us. conversation, Ash. Yeah, I feel like when, like, at 3 a.m. or something, we've had this conversation before and it's really grossed me out. <laughs> we won't have it again. Um, and then final question. One thing you wish everybody knew about the weather? Um, oh, that it's not an exact science, that we get it wrong uh, sometimes. But, um, but, oh, gosh, if I'd have quid for every time somebody sent me a photo of something that I hadn't forecast then I'd be rich I tell you that <laughs> yeah I love that it's definitely not an exact science even a super cute computer can't isn't it you know yeah it as an exact science and stuff especially like at the moment it was forecasting from this little cupboard that doesn't have windows even like I can just have come <laughs> off the radio having looked at the satellite all the observations looking at the pressure charts the next few days and I'll step outside and look outside the window like oh it's not it's not what I said at all yeah <laughs> Oh, I love it. You can actually just talk about the weather so much that you forget what the weather's like. You know, there's this this like story in your head that's going around and around. And I know for Look North, I mean, you're talking about radio hit, radio hit, radio hit, radio hit, radio hit, radio, 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 radio. Mm. And sometimes you can just forget, like, you're going, mm. you know what's going on anymore. But sometimes I have to really psych myself up because we forecast for Cumbria as well, which is like a whole different beast, isn't it? It's like its own little microclimate mm. sometimes. Whereas a lot of the other stations are going through a very similar kind of pattern and, you know, they're seeing similar things. Sometimes I get to Cumbria and I'm like, okay let's we can do this like let's check everything again and, and you feel like you have to really think about what you're saying as opposed to like you say just kind of yeah. going over the same story which you know after I don't even know how many forecasts we do in a day well over 200 I would say so you do get to that point when you where you're like oh I probably need to mix this up a little bit now so at the end of every podcast we'd love to uh, just maybe do a little bit of weather wisdom so something that you can take away and actually mm-hmm. we normally ask our guests if they'd like to do it so would you like to offer up some weather wisdom today this is just a little something that um i think is a really good one to drop in when you're with your mates down the pub um, and it's the name for the smell that you get when it hasn't rained in a while it's very dry outside and then you get that first bit of rain bit of moisture on the ground and it smells like really earthy and like you can smell the change happening in the weather and the word for it is petrichor it is you're so right it is the such a good beautiful, word beautiful smell it's so gorgeous mm, and i think everybody does know it i think everybody knows it as well you know, i do I... <gasps> smells like rain it's like yes, yeah rain. yeah but they don't know the word for it so it's amazing to be able to you know imagine being in the pub and going oh it smells like rain and then somebody going oh I know the name for it. <laughs> Lovely choice of word. Lovely choice of word. It's good, isn't it? Abby, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would subscribe, rate and review the podcast. If you will share it with anybody you think that might just like to listen to our little chat about the weather today. You can follow us on Instagram. We are for the love of weather. On Twitter, we are the number four love of weather. And we've just joined TikTok as well. We were inspired by Abby. We are on TikTok. We are for the love of weather on TikTok. You can come and join us over there as well. If you want to join Abby on social media, she is on Twitter at Abby Jew. She's on TikTok and Instagram at Abby Jewhurst1. Oh, that was a lot. I hope I got that all right. Um, (laughs) Spot on, I say. Brilliant. I'm so glad I had that written down because I, I don't, I wouldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, Abby. 
Oh, thank thanks for having me, guys. Thank it was you so lovely. Much, it's actually been a pleasure to to chat again. It's been it's been a while, but it's been so pleasure. And most importantly, to everybody listening, we just hope that you leave this episode loving the weather just that little bit more. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.